Welcome to the Get Out and Try podcast. I'm your host, Katie Axel. This is a special episode featuring clips from all of our March podcast guests. This first clip is from Season 2, Episode 9, New Day Sanctuary. New Day Sanctuary is an up-and-coming nonprofit organization out of Taylor's Falls, Minnesota. And Kelly, the founder, talks about what the board is currently working on and the different volunteer opportunities that are coming up this summer. You said you have an executive team or an executive board for your nonprofit. What kind of things Uh are you guys working on right now? Yeah, so right now we have some three three initiatives that we're working on. One is that we're looking for a president for our board. So if anybody listening knows somebody or has experience leading a board of directors, we would love to talk to you. So that's kind of number one. Number two is we, we had our mission kind of figured out, but we hadn't really taken the time to dive into like a a vision statement or values and things like that so our governance committee right now is really working on wordsmithing those items so that we can get them up on our website and then we are really trying to focus on grants or foundations and see if we might be able to apply for some of those to help with some funding and so those are the biggest things right now and then we are really trying to build up our volunteer space program whatever you want to call it for the spring and summer because in order to have a successful youth program here we really need the the pieces that they'll be working with up and running right we need the garden to to be here we need the pastures and to be ready for more animals and and things like that so we really need a lot of volunteer efforts this summer and we have a family that comes out once a month and they help clean out the barn and she has a 12 year old and an seven-year-old and they come with every time and so it's a you know it's a great family thing between the four of us we can knock out a lot of stuff in like an hour and so it 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 might not even take that much of your time you know if you have some of that to give and and like I said it's a great family thing to come out and do and it feels good to give back and once the weather is nicer we'll have a lot more needs around the outside parts not just in the barn and so anyway trying to figure out how to build that out and then even trying to find some groups for group volunteering right so reaching out to maybe 4-H or gardening centers or or summer clubs or you know things like that to try try and see what we can do in respects to that so those are our biggest initiatives through the summer so that ideally summer 2022 yeah we're in 21 summer 2022 <laughs> we will be able to have our first like full-fledged something that resembles a youth day camp nice This next clip is from Season 2, Episode 13, St. Croix Valley Girls with Jill McNamee. Jill talks about how her networking group, St. Croix Valley Girls, isn't just exclusive to small business owners in the St. Croix Valley area. There are opportunities for those that are working in a 9-to-5 corporate job to get connected with the group as well. And you have a few different activities that you do under the St. Croix Valley Girls umbrella. Yeah, oh gosh. Probably seven years ago, when St. Croix Valley Girls was really, like, you know, going strong and things were great, there was this sort of audience that was Fortune 500. They didn't own businesses. 
they worked for other businesses in town and they were having a hard time with the time of the meeting, which is the lunch hour. So they're like, oh, we need to, you know, can you start a group for, you know, for in the evening when those of us that work during the day can come out in the evening and meet, meet people that way. And so we kind of created a spinoff of St. Croix Valley Girls called Women Who Wine, which is just a very relaxed setting, no speaker, no, no presentation or anything like that. We just get together. It's more intimate. Usually there's less people at that meeting and it's really just a bunch of girls getting together for you know a cocktail or happy hour or whatever but what I love about it is you really get to know people on a deeper level where at St. Croix Valley Girls you know we've got the presentation we've got our our lunch and you know so you're you're getting a few minutes to meet the new people but not necessarily talk with them to get to know them on a deeper level so that's one of the things that I really enjoy about women who wine is that piece of it and I love that it's open to those that may not own their own business. The last clip, well, it's actually two clips because it ended up being a two-episode interview, is with Kayla from Coco's Heart Dog Rescue. And we focused on the fostering piece, giving some behind-the-scenes information on what you can expect as a foster with Coco's Heart Dog Rescue. I think knowing that you are not committed to a dog as soon as you sign up to be a foster was something, oh, sure. you know, that yeah. was that was what he was thinking is that as soon as we sign up, we're going to get a dog at our front door or something like that, that we didn't even agree to or something. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Yeah. You have full control over how often you foster. Um, you don't always need to have a foster. I know a lot of husband and wife com- combinations will, you know, they'll say, in fact, that's what the rule was that in our house, you know, that's what I was going to start doing. Um, that never really happened was, okay, Kayla, you, you, take a foster and then after adoption you have one month off and then we can go ahead and foster again and now it's like we're lucky if we don't have more than one foster at a time at our house but um because it really is addicting i I swear once you get the hang of saying goodbye um, which can be difficult initially and i think even is probably sometimes the largest reservation people have to start fostering is you know i hear all the time i don't think i'll be able to say goodbye and that's why i wouldn't i can't i can't say goodbye to them i can't let them go but once you see them you know find that perfect house and things work out all you want to do is get another one and just keep repeating it. It's it's sad. I think the harder cases even are sometimes the hardest to let go of. I some of the dogs that we've had the longest and that have been the most difficult behavioral wise or even emotionally like health wise those are the hardest ones to let go not the easy peasy ones that just fit right in and say hi and then you can turn right around and they got a million families that want them those are easy it's the hard ones are the ones that you know you're with longer and put so much you know thinking into and love and compassion into yeah. But yeah, it's you're not committed to immediately taking a dog. Once you're approved, you're put on that page and you're able to kind of wait for the right time and the right situation to come along. Like I said, we do have temp needs all the time as well. Um, and a lot of people start off with that just to kind of get into the swing of things. They know when they're coming and when they're going. And then in most cases, they've been vetted already too, which I think is some he- is hesitation for some. But permanent fosters, which is really our end goal as far as commitments go, we do like to see them 
make a commitment and really stick it out with these dogs. Because in most cases, the dog that you're going to get like that first day just isn't that dog you've got by the third or fourth day. They make such a huge transformation that it's great to see. And all the time I hear from fosters, they say, oh man, that you know, that first 12 hours, I didn't think this was going to work out, but we're on day three and he is loving life and he's part of the family. And I couldn't, I couldn't imagine that I thought of um, saying, you know, this isn't going to work out, but we've got all kinds of resources. Their fosters are partnered with mentors and it's a huge source of information and and things to try to make sure that you have a, a good experience fostering. And then we even do have trainers, that we work with and and we'll connect you with that'll help give advice and we do i think a pretty good job especially when we can um, bringing dogs in we we because our dogs are with fosters um, and in their families and integrated into the home with your personal dogs we aren't able to welcome dogs with um, known behavior or aggression issues uh, and we do as much as we can ahead of time screen them for any uh, aggression before they come in so that is something that's important to us because we know that you know our foster families are at home and they have their they're human babies and they're dog babies and we wouldn't want anything bad to happen to them. So we're, we do take aggression really seriously. And if, if that ever comes along, we've got all kinds of steps to help work through it or have board and train available to also help the dog too, if that's what's needed. The first dog that we took in was, a, I think she was a breeder situation. And I remember hearing that oftentimes they don't know how to go through doorways. And I, right. you know, I never would even think about that. And sure enough, we get into the garage and try to go up the two stairs and into the house. And she just paused and didn't know what to do. Can you talk about why they don't know how to do that? Sure. So sadly, they just haven't been kept indoors before. And it's like they don't know how to walk in and out of doorways. It's it's really sad. It's it's happened to me um, countless times. And it's uh, actually you've got to we've got to actually make sure you've got a good handle on them uh, until they get the hang of just walking through something like a doorway and knowing that nothing's going to happen to them. Because they'll, they'll put the brakes on and they'll even go in the opposite direction just because they don't know. It's so unknown to them what's going to happen when they go into the next room that it's, it's really sad, actually, that, that you see so much hesitation. But it's a very common thing for them to not want to go um, through those doors. Some of them don't even know how to eat out of bowls. Um, often our, our puppy mill dogs um, have never eaten out of bowls or even drank out of bowls before. They eat, have drank water out of those, you know, like rabbit uh, container type things that hang on the door. So I've even had to help walk dogs through like how to drink and eat out of a bowl. And we start off on just the floor, the bottom of their kettle, and then move to paper plates and, and up to an actual bowl. But yeah, it's amazing the type of things you see come in and and you have to think to yourself like, how does this dog not know how to walk through a doorway or eat out of a bowl? And that that's never been a part of their life so far it's kind of heartbreaking even like riding in a car too that can be totally traumatic for them some of them love it they're like oh my gosh what is this amazing thing on wheels that I get to go with my partner everywhere too um but one time I had a reservation dog that she was okay getting in the car with me and loved to be able to go with me but every time we went underneath and like the overpasses on the interstate she would just 
hit the floor. She didn't know what to do. She thought we were going to run right into that overpass. Mm. And it was so terrifying for her. Um, I felt bad. I actually ended up having to cover her kennel whenever we went on car rides just because she was so worried about hitting things. But yeah, there's so many new things that they experience. And that's cool to see and also kind of heartbreaking. Even things like trash cans are free game for them sometimes when they first walk in. I know one of our resident dogs from Coco's Heart, he walked in the very first night and right in front of everybody, um, he was severely injured too, by the way. He had a huge neck brace on. And even with that neck brace and being heavily sedated, he walked in the house and tipped the trash can over and like just started trying to figure out what was in there. And I was like, what are you doing? But that was just the norm for him. That's the only thing he had, I'm sure, to survive in most cases um, was tipping trash cans over. So that took a little while. He hasn't done it in quite a long time, but it's just things like that that you're like, well, you don't even get mad at them now. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of, and we've had dogs do that since. And, and we know it's just kind of how they learned to figure things out and eat. So, yeah. And to wrap up, I want to let you know that our family is currently fostering a dog named Magic. Let me tell you a little bit about Magic. She is sweet as can be. Magic came from an overcrowded shelter and she recently had pups and she had a first foster where she showed some guarding behaviors, but it seems like with really slow introductions to other dogs, she fits in just fine. We're loving our time with her. She has lots of personality and her dog zoomies are hilarious. She is fully potty trained, fully crate trained, and she is so funny. She'll come and cuddle with you for a little while and then she'll be like, okay, that's enough. And then she'll put herself to bed in her crate like a little old lady, even though she's just a year and a half old. So if you or someone you know would love to adopt magic, check out the adoption process on Coco's Heart website. You can absolutely snoop on my personal Facebook page found under Katie Axel. There are lots of videos that I've posted as well as on TikTok at Katie Axel help spread the word and help magic find her perfect forever home. I hope you enjoyed this spotlight of our March podcast episodes. You can check out the full episodes on anchor.fm or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. That wraps up this episode. Thank you for listening. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And then if you are a St. Croix Valley business owner and you're interested in becoming a local episode sponsor or working together in some way, email us at info at getoutandtry.com. Be sure to check out the show notes for more information as well as all of the links to keep you connected to Get Out and Try St. Croix Valley. Until next time, find some ways to connect with your community. Support those hardworking small businesses that host all of the fun in the valley. Go, get out and try.